0: Welcome to Manly Movies, where guys get together to shoot the breeze and talk about their favorite movies and the lessons they teach us about being a man. Just a quick intro, as always, I'm JB. I'm a husband, a father of two, a son, and a brother. I'm not an expert on any of those things, but I do the best that I can. I have a passion for film and a passion for discipleship, so I thought, why not mix the two? Movies can teach us a lot about life, and that's what we want to dive into today. So let's get started. Joining me today is my buddy John Robert Thompson Phillips. He's got more names than I can think of. <laughs> but I said them all. So, what's going on, John? JR.
1: Not so much. I'm just super excited to be on a podcast with you to talk about to talk about one of my favorite movies of all time. I am a husband, a father of one, I'm a brother and a son. I hope I hope I'm a son anyways. <laughs>
0: i should hope you are yeah but yeah man i'm glad to have you on ready to dive into one of your favorite movies one i hadn't watched in quite a while but before we do real quick what have you been watching lately that you would want to recommend
1: i went and saw the batman in theaters me and my wife went on a date and i would i would recommend that movie easily if you like uh, really dark movies like Color wise, not really uh, content wise, even though it's kind of dark too. My wife and I have almost finished House, which was good for the first six seasons. (laughs) And and, uh, we're just like trudging through, like, okay, solve cancer so we can be done with this so we can start something else. But I haven't had too much time for movies recently because youth, I'm at full blow at my church right now. So uh, it was really fun to rewatch Alpha
0: nice i've had a slew of films that i just watched recently i watched the great escape for the first time and man man oh man oh man <laughs> have you seen the first that? time yeah i've, yeah. I've, I've seen it but okay
1: it shows okay. me that you seen it for the first time
0: yeah it's crazy like I had, I had never seen it but man that's that is the quickest three-hour movie i've ever watched like i was when it was over i was like dude i want to watch it again like it's so good Unlike the
1: Batman that had like 14 endings. (laughs) I was like, oh, y'all could have ended the movie right here. We would have been good.
0: (laughs) But when you're paying a
1: babysitter $10 an hour, you're like, uh, just just get to the end.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I watched a couple of uh, John Ford movies that people don't talk about because they're from the 20s. But uh, they're both silent films, uh, Kentucky Pride and Three Bad Men. If you're into silent film, I would recommend those. I watched another one from 1996 that I had never seen. It was uh, John Favreau's first writing debut, *Swingers* with okay. uh, Vince Vaughn. Have you seen that?
1: I've not seen it, but I knew I knew Vince Vaughn was in it. Like this is sad, but like I love Vince Vaughn.
0: oh yeah (laughs) i I do too
1: vince vaughn's in a movie i'll i'll watch it that's how that's how i feel about vince vaughn
0: and i probably shouldn't say this but vince vaughn is my wife's celebrity crush so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't care (laughs) but two family movies that i watched recently that i highly recommend uh me and my two kids went and watched sonic the hedgehog 2 very good movie it's better than, it's it's way better than the first one like i just it blew me away and the kids really loved it you know i've got one that's three and one that's six and if they can sit and watch a movie that's not even fully animated you know it's it's kind of a hybrid if they can sit and be glued to a movie that long that's it's okay in my book <laughs> and, but it is it was really good and then i watched one on netflix called vivo and it's got it stars uh and manuel
1: Okay, yeah, he's yeah. in uh, some episodes of House.
0: He is. I could He imagine. is. Wow, I did not even realize that. I'm gonna have to watch. I, see, I watched House. It was years ago, though, when it was still on air. Is when I was watching it. So, yeah, I did not didn't realize he was on there. I have to look back. Uh, right
1: back, uh, my wife was like, "That's Lin Manuel Miranda." I'm like, "Who?" And she's like, "Hamilton." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but he actually is like the lead character in this one, and he does all the music, and it's. So, so, so good. I mean, everybody has been talking about Encanto for la- last year, but Vivo is a much better movie. <laughs> if you wow. like animated musicals, Vivo is, is the one for you. Not Encanto, I'm sorry.
1: Here's here's a question I have for you. Yeah. That This is something my wife and I disagree on, and I'm on a manly podcast, so I figure I'll get some support here. I think that Moana is better than Encanto, but she disagrees with me.
0: Oh, I agree. Moana is better, yeah. That thank
1: you <laughs> <laughs> I, I just need that to be in the outer space forever so
0: <laughs> i mean incanto is not a bad movie but man it's like the same story that disney tells every single movie it's like just be yourself you know <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's, it's just a different version of the same point that they make yeah. uh i just I can count at least three animated movies that came out last year that were better than that. Luca is another one, and Mitchell's Versus the Machines.
1: I have not seen Mitchell's Versus the Machines. The best, like, recent animated movie that I've seen come out is Klaus.
0: Oh, that was good.
1: Yeah, we've watched it, like, three Christmases in a row or two Christmases in a row now. It's, like, on our Christmas movie rotation.
0: Nice. It's always cool, because you think you... Do you think you have enough Christmas movies that you watch every year? It's always cool to discover another one. Like, oh my gosh, I want to watch this one every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We do. Uh,
1: my wife has a degree uh, in film criticism. So we watch like horror movies in October. And in December, we watch Christmas movies. And then we watch Oscar best picture nominees.
0: Yeah. Like January, February, next. March. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I watched a lot of movies I'd never watch again
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like Power of the Dog. Yeah. Of
1: of the the ones nominated, I thought it was like mm, the best movie, but it was rough. It
0: was was a snooze fest, man. No, my favorite of the ones nominated, well, actually, probably, actually, my favorite movie of the year was Belfast. I guess because it's just a simple story told from a 12-year-old kid's perspective, and I just...
1: I thought the kid, I, I, Belfast wasn't my cup of tea, but the kid in Belfast, like, I, I was like, why wasn't he best actor? <laughs> like, know, he, right? He, like, murdered it. He, like, stole every scene he was in, so.
0: Yeah, he was really good. For me, I, I just kind of felt like Kenneth Branagh put his heart and soul into that movie because it was basically his story that he was telling when he got out of uh, Ireland. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, I felt it, you know what I mean? And so, I I rarely shed a tear in a movie theater, and I did it that one, and I was there by myself too, <laughs> so it was like, yeah, I was sucked up in it, but anyway, so the movie that we're going to talk about today is from 2001? Is it that Two thousand and one. That's what I yeah. thought. I, I was, it says I was...
1: 2006. The, it's from 2006. The story is from 2001.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I got yeah. that mixed up. Yeah, it's okay.
1: I, I have the Wikipedia pulled up.
0: Okay, I just now pulled it up and saw it's 2006. So yeah, yeah, but it seems like it was that long ago. But 2006 mm-hmm. is still what 16 years ago. So
1: that that's crazy. That's absolutely. Yeah. I, I, 2006 is not like 16 years ago. <laughs> I
0: know, right? Uh, if you didn't hear, it's the the movie is Alpha Dog and. I think it's Justin Timberlake's first big breakout role, isn't it? Yeah, it's I'm- my
1: favorite Justin Timberlake movie, too, by far.
0: Yeah, um, he might have done a couple of things before then, but this was definitely his biggest role to this point. So when did you first watch this? Did you watch it when it first came out?
1: I did not. I probably watched it like in the later like, 2010, 2011, 2012. But like, there was a time in my life where I got really into like gritty dramas about like real-life crime. And I wanted to like Justin Timberlake. Everyone was telling me it was cool. I'm like, Justin Timberlake's in this movie. I'll give it. I'll give it a shot. And, and that's uh, that's all I knew about it when when I hit play, you know. So, and then I've watched it like two times since then, and I probably watched it three times too many.
0: <laughs> it's gritty, man. I think I didn't watch it in theaters, but I remember I was in college when it came out and my brother my, my younger brother is a huge jt fan like had all the Insync albums went and saw them in concert all the time and you know seen all the movie and all of his uh solo albums and everything like he's just it's, he's a huge jt fan was a huge nsync fan and so whenever it first came out he said he told i think he told me about it and i don't know if he had watched it i know he didn't watch it in theaters because he wasn't but 16 years old at that time <laughs> But he may have watched it later on, or heard about it, or something. But he said, "He said you got to watch this Justin Timberlake. He's supposedly he's really good, or something." I was like, "Okay, I'll watch it because that's your that's your boy." And I did, and it, gosh, man, it definitely blew me away and i have not seen it since then though so it's been probably 15 years i i pro- think i watched it when it first came out on dvd i might have like rented it and watched it and then but since then i haven't watched it since then so
1: yeah. it was uh, I, showed it, I showed it to becca and she's like i was like what did you think of the movie and she's like it was good i'm never going to watch it again <laughs> i'm like yeah, <laughs> absolutely everyone should watch it once though
0: yeah it's a true story mm mm-hmm. So what made you want to watch this? What made you want to talk about this one today?
1: I think Alpha Dog is, I think it, it's a good manly movie in the sense of it kind of lets us know exactly how not to be. I don't think there is a single character in the movie that you look at throughout the movie and you're said, oh, this guy, he is making the right decisions, you know, like Bruce Willis's character never makes the right decision. Emil Hirsch's character never makes the right decision. Justin Timberlake's character never makes the right decision. And even like the person you think's kind of the hero in the movie, in my opinion, Ben Foster's character, also just does dumb <laughs> things throughout the movie. Yeah. You know, and it was like, oh man, this is what the best way to say is like this is what sin will do to your life if you allow it to continue to grow and continue to fester.
0: Mm-hmm. And man, I didn't, like I said, it's been 15 years or so since I watched this and I had forgotten how many people were in this that went on to just kind of blow. Like Amanda Seyfried, my, like was in it and I, I didn't remember that. I didn't even remember that Bruce Willis was in it. I just remember Emile Hurst and Justin Timberlake and the Elvis dude or whoever, yeah. whoever it was. I just remember him and, and Ben Foster. Yeah, I remembered him. But then, gosh, Harry Dean Stanton, Amber Heard, we're not going to talk about her. <laughs> with <laughs> yes, We're yes. Not, Yeah, <laughs> she she's kind of a dirty word right now. Well, she um,
1: she should have learned from the movie what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and then Anton Yelkin of course, I remembered him. You know, and of course, he was taken from us way too early. Sharon Stone, I had forgotten she was in this movie. Olivia Wilde, who went on to be in. Actually yes. no, that was that was that was after the OC and kind of like maybe during a little bit. And then she went on to be in house too. And then she's directed movies and she's 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 done really well. So yeah, there's just like so many people. Paul Johansson from One Tree Hill. <laughs> did you watch that show?
1: <laughs> I did not.
0: Oh my gosh, man. My wife and I loved that show when it was on. You you should watch it being a basketball fan.
1: I should. Uh the My guilty pleasure show like that is a Dawson's Creek.
0: Oh yes. That's a good one. We watched that together too, but One Tree Hill is about a high school basketball team. So that's why I figured it'd be something that you would like.
1: Uh, Um, Yeah. So we'll put it on the list.
0: (laughs) Speaking of Paul Johansson, one thing I noticed about the movie was (laughs) when I saw him and I heard the guy, he said, Mr. Johansson. I was like, oh my gosh, is his name Johansson in this movie? And then and then when I realized what he was calling him, he kept calling him Pete, Pete, Pete. I was like, oh my gosh, his name is Peter. Peter Johansson, not Paul. That's hilarious. So Paul Johansson plays a man named Peter Johansson. Really, that's so original. <laughs> like, but before we go on, I just want to go ahead and give the spoiler warning. We are going to spoil this movie if you have not seen it please stop listening and go watch the movie and then come back and listen because we're going to spoil the heck out of it. So without further ado, (laughs) Alpha Dog. So what about this film? Like just kind of some times in the movie that really stuck out to you that kind of has some lessons that men can learn from, good or bad, (laughs) Uh, probably mostly bad.
1: Yeah, mostly bad. Like this is like learning like what not to do one of the scenes that sticks out to me the most and I like it cuz it's like uniquely shot too is when Ben Foster's character I probably should uh Ben Foster's character gets Jake. a phone call. Yeah, gets a phone call in the middle of uh them trying to find his kidnapped brother from Emil Hirsch's character and they have a conversation Ben Foster's like hey I'm going to come kill you like that's it you're going to die and Emil Hirsch like freaks out because like he realizes in that moment that the crime that he committed can be tied back to him and he calls his lawyer up and his lawyer was like hey check this out if you kidnap someone you could go to jail for life especially if you ask for a ransom you know, and uh, he gets off the phone with his lawyer, and that's where things start going downhill, you know, and that's when you see all of his decisions up until this point just start to catch up with him, like, I need I need $50,000 because I did something dumb, I, this guy owes me money, so I'll kidnap his brother, and then once he kidnaps his brother and asks for the ransom, he's like, what's the, the next logical step is for people to not be able to find his brother, so... I have to get rid of his brother cuz I can't turn him back over because then I'll go to jail. And so it's just like how sin compounds on itself. It's never it's never one decision that you make. It's a, like a continual decision. One decision you make has like continual ramifications throughout the whole every your whole decision process.
0: Yeah, it's like I I remember a, a preacher told me one time how a lot of times you have to use one sin to cover up another sin. Like you show me mm-hmm. a cheater, I'll show you a liar. You know what I mean? Cause <laughs> like you got a lot to set it up and you got a lot to cover it up. So it's like, yeah, it's like you said, it just compounds and compounds and compounds. And you, the only way to get out of it is to, is to face it. And they just kept running and running and running from it. And if I only caught up to him, thank God, yeah. like I was, yeah. I, I had forgotten how the story, how the actual thing ended. And I was like, man, if he goes to Mexico and and they never catch him, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> so
1: The, the saddest, the, the, like the best scene in the movie and like the saddest scene is when they're taking the guy up the mountain mm-hmm. and they get to the, they get to the point because I've, I've seen the movie now three times. And every time I see the movie, I'm like, he's going to get out. He's going to get out. JT's telling him, hey, we're going to keep you safe. We're going to keep you safe. And then like real life goes, they kill him up there. And it's like the way they do the whole scene, the way they do the shooting, you know, and how quiet and eerie it is after the guy gets killed. Like it like lets you know that like the outcome of violence isn't something that we should glorify, but it's something that we should be horrified by. And that scene is so well acted that you don't look at it and you go, oh, violence is the means to which I want to solve most of my problems because at that moment you're like this is the most disgusting thing i've ever seen
0: yeah i i was surprised that you know they walked him up to the mountain and then all of a sudden you hear right just like literally half a second after he after jt tapes him up all of a sudden you see the guy swing the shovel knock him down take the gun out like it's just that fast like there's no time to breathe and Mm. i mean i think it's because well i don't know how it actually happened in real life but to me he doesn't really want to do it like he's he's feeling sick and 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 guilty about it too so he mm-hmm. just wants to get it over with I, that's kind of how i took that but man ah oh, it's rough it's rough watching it yeah one thing that really kind of stuck out to me was when whenever jake's stepmom was grieving after they had found out the news what was going on and she starts slapping Jake Ben Foster starts slapping him and, and blaming him for it and screaming at him and hitting him. And like, he's she basically just like really ticked off at him and she's taking it out on him. And he just grabs her and pulls her in and consoles her in the middle of all of that. And that hit me. And I know he's a, he's, he's a bad dude, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the women in our lives can be, abusive like that i mean a lot of times it's verbally emotionally probably not that physical you know like not like yeah. she is but and um, sometimes
1: they flip in your bed
0: <laughs> yeah but uh, the thing is we have to be able to read between the lines and understand that it's not always about us that there are other things going on they could be taking their frustrations out on us because of other issues and they're not completely thinking clearly you know we have to be the bigger person and be that shoulder to cry on when they need it, even when they don't want it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what he was doing for her. And I mean, I'm not saying that we have to be a doormat obviously, but you know, I'm saying that we have to understand the line between grieving and full on abuse. And, Mm -hmm. And I think in that point, in this situation, she was grieving. She wasn't, you know, just beating him up to beat him up. Like she was upset and it wasn't at him really.
1: Yeah, that's something that's something, too, when it comes to just like general ways to like to like live your life is to like know that when you're having a conversation with someone and they're hurtful to you, that solving the situation doesn't always mean you being offended for yourself. But it's like assessing the situation and seeing what's wrong and fixing the fixing the problem so you can move past it. A lot of the times we, it happens to me. So I'm assuming it happens to other people. It's like when someone is negative towards me or attacks my, or I feel like they attack my character, I want to be offended by that and not fix the problem. But that, that doesn't solve anything at the end of the day. Something my wife and I talk about all the time when it comes to, like when we uh, disagree on things is when we disagree on things, we're not disagreeing Our goal is to not win a fight, and our goal is to not make the other person feel bad. The goal is to identify the problem that we have and come up with sustainable solutions so we don't have to have that conversation again. Even though, most of the time, we have to have the conversation again.
0: (laughs) Sometimes the conversation has to be had multiple Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. Because we're human beings and we just can't learn. (laughs) Exactly. And that's another thing about this film is... Frankie, he doesn't want to do this. He wants no part of this. But at one point he is convinced by Elvis that if he gives him back to his parents and he tells them about it, then they're going to go to jail for life. And oh. so it was Frankie was like he was being tugged in both directions because he was like, you know, I, I want to just let him go to his parents because I don't think he's going to tell on us. But then also. I don't want him to tell on us and then us go to jail for life. And so that is a picture of all of us because all of us struggle with sin and we all want to do what's right. We want to do the right thing, yeah. but we have this part of us, this inclination to always choose the wrong thing, you know? And so that's, that's the internal struggle that we all have and it's not necessarily killing a 15 year old boy, you know, like we well, we all have our own struggles in different aspects. So I felt the pain and torture and struggle that Jake was going through, through this whole film. And he's not a kind of guy that you, like, like you said, there are no good guys in this movie, mm-hmm. but Jake is one that I could kind of empathize with a little bit. Yeah.
1: Like he has a conversation with his girlfriend where he, um, I mean, it's not a good conversation. He, he's pretty uh, awful to her, but you can tell through that uh, JT's acting that like, what they're trying to get across is how scared he is for the situation and how much control he wants to have of the situation. And you know from watching the movie that he doesn't have that control, but he was assured, he he wanted to be assured that he was going to solve the problem. But he just he continues on the path of creating the problem, which it ended in the murder of uh, our boy and, and Danielle and "Zach." It ended in the murder of Zach. So Zach. Yeah. okay,
0: Yeah. <laughs> I keep on the call. him by their by the real names too, I get it. Um, yeah. One thing, JT's character, Frankie, Frankie is his name. <laughs> so
1: Frankie nuts.
0: Yeah. Frankie. At one point, whenever Elvis was going out to, dig the grave Frankie is left in that house just with him and and Zach and this was before Elvis told him that they were going to get life in prison so he didn't even have that in his mind so Mm -hmm. but Frankie is hinting at saying hey man uh do you want to go get me some cigarettes he's like man I'm 15 I can't buy you cigarettes he's Mm -hmm. like well let's get out of the house let's go do something man he said no I just want to chill and hang here like he was trying to get the guy out of the house but he didn't want to tell him what was going on I'm like why didn't he just tell him what was going on? <laughs> you, know, like, you tell a 15 year old kid, Hey, if we don't get out of this house, you're going to get killed. Okay. Let's go.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, Let's leave. Like it's uh, like this whole idea of like uh, having one foot in the world and one, one foot in church, you know, it's like, I can solve all of my problems. I can solve all of my sin through my own actions. Like if I, if I continue to do these actions and I don't, I kind of do the right thing. Then I'm going to get to a place where I'm good enough to get a, get away with it. And JT had plenty of opportunities to actually do the right thing. Uh, Frankie had plenty of opportunities, and he chose to continue on the path and just feel bad about it. It's kind of like the the rich young ruler, <laughs> you know, like uh, what can I do to be saved? Uh, you know, just do this one thing. He's like, never mind, <laughs> anything but that, Jesus. <laughs>
0: Frankie's character can be described by Romans chapter seven. <laughs> the uh, I I want to do I want to do what's right, but I don't want to do it like it's just
1: yeah. yeah. What's, um, uh, who was who was your favorite character in the movie?
0: My favorite character. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got to say it was Frankie. I yeah, just... Fra-
1: yeah, absolutely. Frankie's my favorite character <laughs> yeah. too. I wanted to be just... Ben Foster because he's one of my favorite actors, but Frankie's character is. You know, I think he, I think he represents us all more than any of the, any of the other characters.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, ben Foster was a freaking BA in this movie. <laughs> <Like> he <laughs> was just, when he came in there, uh, he he knew some, like, you could tell he was trained in whatever, like some kind of mixed martial arts or whatever, because he was throwing down at one point. Yeah. But and yeah. He, uh, huh?
1: And he pulls an Amber Heard uh, in the living room, right? though. <laughs> yeah that's like one of the weirdest scenes in the whole movie I'm like this is uh this is just this is just gross bro though second being gross
0: <laughs> well, you know he was on drugs, I'm sure, or like I'm sure his character was, and that was normal for him to just oh i'm just I'm just gonna take it up on this carpet <laughs> like, i have a i have a
1: question I have a question for you i guess when it like um, pertains to to manliness and in the movie. One of the things that sticks out to me the whole time is how bad Johnny True Love treats Elvis through the whole movie. Like, the opening, like, one of the opening scenes is like he is just like, he, he told him to go outside and pick up the dog poop. And if it took him, if he did it too fast, to dump it out and do it again. And like, through the whole movie, like, from beginning to end, True Love just treats Elvis like garbage. And what what do you think motivates someone? to continue to stay in a relationship like that.
0: Oh, like Elvis Mm -hmm. coming from Elvis's perspective. Yeah. I
1: I know what motivates true love to stay in that relationship. He got everything he wanted.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And he had little man syndrome for the Mm -hmm. pretty much, man. I feel like for Elvis, he knew that in the end, well, he thought he knew that in the end, Johnny was going to take care of, you Mm -hmm. know, financially or whatever. Because, I mean, he owed him money, too. I mean, he's in the in the drug world. Like, he, everything's on credit. And so, he pretty much owed him his life, basically, because he's never going to pay him back. I mean, what's he going to do? You know, he sits around. He doesn't... I guess he had a job. I don't know. But I think for him, the motivation is obviously security. Like, financial security and just having drugs whenever he wanted them. And mm-hmm. drugs will make you do stupid stuff, man. So... For me, it was just security, drugs, money, and having the lifestyle that you're accustomed to and not being kind of out on your own. You know, I'm sure his parents didn't want him or, or want him around. And so, yeah, a place I, to stay.
1: Security. I think security is probably the the best answer. That's probably the answer that I would give too. I think we, like, just to think about an idea, it's like security isn't always the best option for us to, for us to take as men. Yeah. Being in a it being in a place that you feel comfortable doesn't mean you're in the place that you want to be. And you need to challenge yourself to get out of situations like that because there's there's no way there's not like no definition of manliness or love that exists that would encompass the way Johnny True Love treated Elvis, but Elvis still gave him like undying devotion. And it was it was weird to me through the whole movie.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine that, man. And you know, to, to your point, I mean, if security was always the right way, mm-hmm. then we would have no missionaries, you mm-hmm. know, none, <laughs> like, none. stepping out of our comfort zone. That's actually part of what it, what it is about being a man. What, what it takes to be a man is doing things that you're not comfortable with.
1: Mm-hmm. You can't what, just sit back and let the world happen to you.
0: Yeah. You've got to take things in your own hands a lot of times. He, he was my and, least and,
1: favorite and, character in the movie.
0: Elvis. Yeah. Or Johnny. <laughs> I Elvis stand
1: I, like I, I can't stand Johnny either, but he's like, an easy target yeah, he's an easy, easy target, but he he didn't like like Elvis just like folded like he he didn't have a I guess he didn't even have a goal like sometimes like I'm like bad guys are bad, but at least they have a goal. Elvis was just like he went alone for the ride and if he would have if he would have done the right thing and s- stepped up, then maybe the situation at the end where the kid gets killed where Zach gets killed would be completely different.
0: Yeah, and it's just the whole thing. It's just stupid. I mean, I mean, I know they're twenty-year-old kids, and they're on drugs half the time, most of the time, and they don't know any better. They don't have good guidance. But man, there's so many things about it that are so stupid. Like that, they, they, <laughs> they had to know that that, that they're going to get caught with the murder. Yeah, if they're going to get caught with kidnapping, like if, they, if they're worried about life in prison, but then they're going to kill somebody. So they can get the death penalty? That, yeah. That's better, right? <laughs> Come on now.
1: How nervous did this uh, movie make you uh, being a dad?
0: I mean, I didn't watch it with my kids, so <laughs> obviously.
1: Well, no, not watching it with your kids, but like, knowing that like, you're going to have two 20-year-olds at some point.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. I hadn't even thought about it.
1: <laughs> like, you're welcome. That's it's I one of the scariest things to me. I and I work in youth ministry, too, so like, I see kids in good situations. Make their own decisions and put themselves in bad situations, even from good, good backgrounds.
0: Yeah, I mean, so. it happens all the time. I've known plenty of preachers' kids and deacons' kids who've had a a rough and rowdy path ahead of yeah. them.
1: Yeah. And you go you you go down that path, it it's abso- it's it's abso- it's absolutely terrifying. This the movie just terrifies me to know that people are making these decisions. They're they're actually people like it's based on a true story. So this like for the most part, and if you look up like the comparisons, like they don't get much of it wrong. They make it more dramatic, but like there's 20 year olds right now and are close to me that's making dumb decisions. And that's uh, scary.
0: Yeah. And then there's 20 year olds that, you know, they're professional athletes that are making millions of dollars off of their talent, not off of drugs. That are making terrible decisions like this. So it's mm-hmm. like, why? <laughs> you know, like,
1: oh. it, doesn't, it doesn't do good. Uh, one of my other favorite scenes in the movie is the last interview with the mom. I thought the movie did a really good job at like faking showing a documentary. And then the, the mom's interview where she loses it at the end, and she says something along the lines of like you know they say everything happens for a reason, and i'm i'm gonna need i'm gonna need to know what the reason for this is because it kills me every day, yeah, I was like that's brutal, and the brutal thing about it too is like you have to realize like as people, we have to realize as men, we have to realize that our actions have consequences for people forever, like why elvis decided to do and what johnny decided to do like they're in jail and you're like okay that's bad they deserve that but the mom is like a residual effect where she has to live with the fact that her son has been murdered and she even like talks about this caused me to attempt to commit suicide so you know what's the old saying like you know kill your sin or it'll be killing you you know and it'll be killing other people so yeah
0: that, that interview was rough man Again, another thing that I had forgotten is she had had attempted to commit suicide multiple times, mm-hmm. yeah and and hearing her describe how she tried to commit suicide it just it broke my heart, man to watch that and and you know, like you said, something that they did caused that, mm-hmm. and they didn't intend that, you know they're not thinking about the mother, yeah. Like th- I sure they,
1: they're thinking about uh, Ben Foster. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're thinking yeah. about Ben Foster coming and killing all of them, you know, because mm-hmm. if, if they don't go to prison for life, they're going to get killed by Ben Foster. So it's like <laughs> that's what they're thinking about. They're not thinking about the mom who's going to be grieving over this kid. They're not thinking about the kid. Well, I mean, J- Johnny's not. Johnny doesn't care. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just going back to Frankie, man. That when he was walking him up the mountain
1: mm-hmm. and
0: Frankie's crying. Right. Yeah. He's crying. He's, he's talking to him and he's saying, everything's going to be okay. I just got to tape you up and you can hear the, the crack in his voice. And man, that is JT's moment right there where he, where you realize that that is a legit actor. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. He needs to get back in that. Has, has he done anything in a while? What the heck?
1: Yeah. It's been- has Justin Timberlake done anything recently? He did that movie where he had the hit, hit the seconds um, on his wrist or whatever.
0: Trolls World Tour is the last one. I've, oh, uh, Palmer, yeah, I forgot about that one. That was last year. Have you seen that?
1: I have not seen Palmer.
0: It is on Apple TV Plus. Is where he kind of takes care of his next door neighbor because his mother's a addict. Yeah, check that one out. But yeah, I, I think, mean,
1: uh, I think that movie was filmed in Hammond, Louisiana. Which is pretty cool because I worked at First Baptist Hammond and Justin Timberlake's trailer was parked in our church parking lot. I saw what? I saw him from about a hundred feet away, yeah.
0: Really? You talking about Palmer?
1: Yes. Palmer Palmer was filmed in Hammond, Louisiana. I worked at First Baptist Hammond and we allowed the T V crew to use our kitchen. So we, uh, we get to see all the extras and stuff, but they parked the, the big stars trailers in our, in our parking lot. So I stood like at the road for an hour and a half, just hoping he would walk out just so I could say I saw him. I didn't even like go talk to him or anything.
0: It's <laughs> so cool, man. <laughs> oh, that was cool. That was a good movie though.
1: Fisher Stevens directed that movie. Who is the, I only know, I know him the most from the movie hackers. So,
0: I haven't seen that.
1: Uh, Hackers is good, but it's good in a very different way than this movie is good. So, Matthew (laughs) Lillard is in Hackers. Matthew Lillard, like, if Ben Foster and Matthew Lillard do a movie together, I will pay (laughs) a lot of money to uh, watch that movie. A lot. I hope Hollywood hears that.
0: (laughs) Thanks for breaking glass where our kids play. (laughs) I can't think of Matthew Lillard without thinking of Without a Paddle, and that's the first... (laughs) line that comes to my mind that i'm not an astronaut i'm an american (laughs) (laughs) oh man what else about this movie
1: one of the big things i wanted to talk about was like the continuing like continuing effects of sin and how like as as men we need to work towards practicing the fruit fruit of the spirit so we don't sin because of the impact that it has and i think that we're really called to do that and then i just wanted to you know gush over jt's acting for the whole movie he steals every scene and i can't think of anything else what what else sticks out to you i really one of the things i really and we covered it was talking about the the final interview like if you just go and watch anything from that
0: movie you watch that yeah, I didn't really have much more. I mean, I just, between JT's character and that that one scene with Jake and his stepmom, just kind of, that, that tore me up, man. But the final, the mountain scene with, with JT, it was rough just to see the hurt in his eyes, knowing that he's about to do something that he doesn't want to do mm-hmm. and or about to allow something to happen that he didn't want to do.
1: And something... I remember something, something I love about this movie. Absolutely love about this movie. It's that it, like, besides the fact that it's like really entertaining, it's it's shot funny. It's shot good. It has like, has like all these little like split scenes in it. And it keeps up with the story for you in in interesting ways. But a lot of times when you go into uh, like a gritty movie like this, you leave and you want to like, you're like, Oh man, this is a cool atmosphere, but there's nothing about this movie that makes you go. Mm, that's the place I want to be. Like you don't leave the movie and be like, I want to be more like Justin Timberlake or I want to be more like Ben Foster. Or, I want to be more like Camille Hirsch. I think a lot of times movies glorify sin in a way that makes you think that it's, it's all right. But this movie you're like, I, I don't want to talk to women like that. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to get I want to do drugs like that. I don't want to talk to my friends like that. And I definitely don't want to kill someone like that.
0: Yeah, there is nothing about the settings of this film that appeals to me, or mm-hmm. or, or would appeal to anybody. And, and they do a really good job about that. Like, look, this is how it is. This is the world. Do you really want to g- go there? You know, like that's impressive. For, yeah, for, like
1: one of the like one of the movies I remember watching when I was like in middle school, high school. I forget when it was. It was like Little Nicky, you know, and uh, <laughs> Little Nicky awful movie probably i haven't seen it (laughs) forever but like like when i was a kid i'm like this makes hell seem all right (laughs) like like, i don't know if that's a i don't know if that's a a good outcome for me watching a movie about a demon like oh hell it's not that bad you know but (laughs) like this i'm like "Mm, the underground drug world (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to being a youth minister (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna break bad anytime soon (laughs) my god this is gross
0: yeah, and one thing about it also is they took care of this kid. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they they hung out with him, they they partied with him. They were nice to the I mean, I mean it was it was mainly, you know, JT's character who was kind of developing a relationship with him. And that's man, that's another thing that 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 hurts me because they developed this bond over this time. I guess mm-hmm. it was just like 2 days or something. It wasn't that long probably, but you could definitely tell that they were like growing into a really good friendship and he would like to continue that friendship, but he knew that they never could, you know, like it was going to be, he's going to return them to their parents and he's probably never going to be able to see him again. Or, you know, he's going to get killed by Ben Foster or the kid's going to get killed. Like that's just, that's really sad, man. To think about someone that you really care about and you want to spend more time with, but knowing that, it's it's going to come to an end, and it's not going to yeah. be pretty. Yeah. So do not
1: develop friendships with guys that you're going to end up killing. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> the manly takeaway. Don't kill your friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like cowboys when they had to kill their horses. Exactly. That would <laughs> hurt me, man. That would hurt me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I th- I think I, I you know and I hope our discussion has made. One person go watch this. I think this is like one of the most criminally underrated movies of all time. I don't know why people don't talk about it because it like the job that it wants to do, it nails it it's like right on the head. Like acting is superb. Like the story it tells is is engaging, and uh, you leave the theater and you feel or you, the movies you feel absolutely disgusted.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to take a shower right after watching it. <laughs> it's like. Mm. But yeah, I, I agree 100%. When I watched this for the second time, just yesterday, I was actually thinking that I would probably think that it was not that good of a movie because I remember watching it when I was in 2006 and I remember it being good then. But, you know, I watched a lot of movies that I had not watched since I was, you know, 20 years old. And they turn out not so good. And and some I wish I could, you know, not watch again. Like recently, last year, I watched Jingle All the Way for the first time since I was a kid. And I wish I had not watched it because yeah, I I, can't. I wanted, I, I would like to remember it the way I remembered it as a kid and not the way I watched it last year because it's a bad movie. Um, but so when I, wa- I went into this thinking, man, I really hope this is good. Dude, it's a really good movie. Like you said, the acting is superb. The way it's shot, the cinematography is beautiful. Like it's just, and they they did so many tricks that you would see on an Oscar nominated film today. Mm -hmm. And nobody's talking about it. And I guess
1: a a 64 in Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, what, what did I watch the wrong movie? Like every time I go look at their Rotten Tomatoes score, I'm like, I think I watched the wrong movie.
0: (laughs) Or they watched the wrong movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and
1: uh, look up the story too, because the story is—it's just as disgusting. Like, because it pretty much really happened the way the movie put it out there.
0: I wonder if there's a documentary out there, because I would throw down on a documentary on this.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Like, there's like a 48 hours like thing on it. And if you watch this movie and you like it, there are uh, it's it's to me there's a it's a spiritual trilogy with two other movies, one of them being a bully or the bully and the other one being the believer. The bully is based on a true story about, uh, a a guy like Emil Hirsch's character who, uh, just gets killed by his his gang of people because they were tired of him but it's like the same like 20-year-old's like in this terrible situation and that's based on a true story and the other one's The Believer which stars Ryan Gosling if you watch if you like one of those three movies you'll like all three of them
0: The Bully and The Believer Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: And Bully, it might be just Bully. I'm looking it up right now. It is based on a true story. And I saw the Hour Alone documentary on it first. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And then the movie's really good. Yeah, definitely got to check those out. Yeah, check check them out. And you don't need to take two showers again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I understand. I always say I have to take a shower when I watch like a demon possession movie, like The Conjuring or something. Like I always... I have to take a shower after I watch one of those or anything that has some kind of like pagan rituals, like the wicker man and stuff like that just gives me the willies. I <laughs> can't do it.
1: Yeah. It is the name of it. It's not, it, there's no article it's bully and it, yeah, okay. it's uh you, it, you should watch it. Brad Renfro is in it. Nick Stahl nice. is in it. Nice. Um, yeah. Those are, those are the only two names I recognize from it, but it's, it's just as, it's just as good. I think. Nice.
0: I will definitely check that one out if I can find it streaming anywhere. That's the thing. That's the problem with these movies is you can hardly ever find them streaming anywhere. So you have to pay for them. (laughs) Oh, snap. This is on HBO Max. Hey. Now we're cooking with peanut oil. I don't know why I just said that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're cooking with peanut oil.
0: (laughs) I must have heard somebody. I must have heard like Phil Robertson or something say that. (laughs) But yeah, man, I've enjoyed it. This is a a movie that everybody should watch. And and if if you listen to this and you love it, you need to tell somebody about it because apparently not a lot of people know about it. I just had it pulled up on Letterboxd. Oh, actually, 32,000 people have logged it. That's not too bad. I I thought it was going to be less than 10,000. That was kind of the number I was looking at, but no. It's actually a little bit more popular than I know, even though not that many people on my network have watched it. So (laughs) so I guess I'm going to have to spread the word. I think it's kind of like one of the, like a cult classic. I would think a lot of people really like it and watch it over and over again. That would be my guess, but yeah. And you should share the list of movies that you sent me (laughs) (laughs) The, the 25 movies that if you haven't watched, at least twelve of those, and you can't be friends with you, <laughs> man. Those,
1: uh, those, tw- those twenty-five, those twenty-five movies. I, I tried to be as, um, as pretentious as possible, with still being able to like uh, have someone say, "Oh, I've seen that movie." That was the goal. Let's see, uh, I have them right here. Twenty-five movies. Twenty-five movies. That if you've seen twelve of them, you would be friends with me. One is Infini. Two is Cube. Three, Event Horizon. Four, Circle. Five, Nine Dead. Six, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Love it. That, absolutely. Love it. Love movie. Seven, No Country for Old Men. Eight, The Proposition. Nine, The Counselor. Ten, Paper Heart. Eleven, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, which is one of my, like, it's, you have to watch that movie if you haven't seen it. 11, Lucky Number eleven. 12, The Evening Sun. 13, Blue Ruin. 14, another Ben Foster movie, The Messenger. 15, Judge Dredd, the Sylvester Stallone one, of course. <laughs> uh, 15, Universal Soldier. 16, A Late Quartet, that stars Philip Seymour Hoffman. 16, Jojo Rabbit. 17, another Ben Foster movie, Hell or High Water. Mm. 18, Killing Them Softly. 19, the drop, 20, Alpha Dog, 21, forgetting Sarah Marshall, 22, The Believer, and I've miscounted, so that was that was twenty-five. I said the number three times. So okay. those are those are the movies. Those are the movies. If you've seen those, we can definitely be friends. <laughs>
0: Or at least twelve of them, though, right?
1: At least twelve of them. But if you're going to see one of them, besides Alpha Dog, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford.
0: Thank you, dude. That is such an underrated film, man. Casey Affleck in that movie mm-hmm. just completely steals the show. And and I know you're a big fan of No Country for Old but he absolutely deserved it over what's his name?
1: Was it best best supporting actor? Supporting, yeah. Javier Bardem.
0: Javier Bardem, yeah,
1: yeah. My wife, I showed my wife the assassination, she's like, she's heard about the assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. She's like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Why do you always say the full name when you talk about that movie? I'm like, you just gotta see the movie. And then the first thing she said to me when the the credits started rolling, she's like, the name of that movie is The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. (laughs) Like, you
0: had to say (laughs) it all. (laughs)
1: That's it exactly.
0: Yeah. It is a movie. It's one of the few movies that it reminds me that there are some movies that are not for people who don't read books, <laughs> because Ooh. if if you're if you're not a book reader, you're not going to be able to sit through something like that. Yeah, because
1: uh, uh, you said it was uh, you said it was the movie you watched earlier was uh, like the, the shortest three hour movie you've ever seen. Yeah. This is the longest three hour movie you are,
0: <laughs> It is it's very long three hours. But it's it's so there's so much it's so rich, man. One of them that you mentioned that I wanted to talk about because I, I covered Gladiator on another episode and we discussed our favorite Ridley Scott movies and The Counselor was my least favorite. Mm-hmm. And That was one that I, but see, I I watched it in theaters when it first came out with my wife. I guess, do I need to watch it again? Did I miss something? Like,
1: (laughs) okay, so the the background, right? I don't, I don't, the counselor's not for everyone. Okay, so the person who wrote No Country for Old Men, the book, is Cormac McCarthy. He also wrote The Road, he also wrote All the Pretty Horses, and he's written a ton of books, and he's my favorite author. And the counselor, the screenplay was written by Cormac McCarthy. Okay. So, like, if you read a, two Cormac McCarthy books and you're like, "This isn't for me," like, the counselor is not going to be for you because, like, I went because Rotten Tomatoes kills it. It has like 11, and I went and I read the comments, the descriptions put out there, and they're like, he just introduces characters with, and they they come and they get like this long monologue and they disappear. They're like, that's so weird. I'm like, well, welcome to every Cormac McCarthy book ever. <laughs> like that, that's like, like when I went into the counselor, I'm like, I know there's going to be some weird old dude holding a diamond that tells you a story that doesn't make sense, and you're never going to see from him again. Then that's what happens. So if you read Cormac McCarthy and you like Cormac McCarthy, there's no way you won't like the counselor. But Cormac McCarthy is not for everybody.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh wow, I'm, yeah, I'm pulling up RT right now. Tomato meter is thirty four percent. Audience scores twenty three percent. I'll watch it again just because it is Ridley Scott and he's. I mean, he's a talented director and Cameron Diaz, man.
1: <laughs> I, I love it. I was. I was about to say Brad Pitt's character is the best character in that movie. And then I'm like, no, I think it's Javier Bardem. So I'm like, no, I think it's Cameron Diaz. No, I think it's Michael Fassbender. Like, I, I love. I love, just. I love all the characters in that movie, but it has to be something that you are expecting or it's completely miscast because you see the trailer for it you're like oh man action shoot them up They're like car chases and then it's like people sitting in rooms and like <laughs> talking about things for, for two hours
0: and doing weird things to a windshield of a car yes.
1: um. <laughs> <laughs> one of the cool things if you rewatch the movie something you should pay attention to Is in that movie, everything that someone says will happen, does happen.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'll watch
0: it again. I think it's streaming somewhere, I'm sure.
1: I own two copies of it on DVD.
0: Oh, yeah. You own two copies? Okay.
1: Yeah, because I bought me one, and before uh, me and Becca were married, I was like, you're going to own a copy of this, too. Then we got married, and now we have two on our shelf. (laughs) She doesn't. She doesn't like the movie.
0: That's all right. My wife and I don't like everything that the other likes either. Yeah, so. I mean,
1: she likes Encanto over Moana. So
0: I mean, yeah, exactly. Because that's crazy talk right there. It is. <laughs> I
1: think. I think when Jesus was like giving grounds for divorce, he was like he didn't think that his audience would understand the second one. You know, like if you like Encanto more than Moana, y'all disagree about that, or. <laughs> Someone cheats, like you won't want one of the two. He's like first-century Jews aren't going to understand this, so I'll leave it out.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. We'll do it again sometime.
1: Absolutely. I have more obscure movies that we can we can talk about. So.
0: Well, you mentioned one of my all-time favorites already, so I'm probably going to have to have you back on for that anyway.
1: Oh, which? Oh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford.
0: Yep. Jeez. All the all those words. All those all words. Of them. <laughs> Gosh, I love that movie, man. But yeah, that's probably gonna be your next your next bid. But I gotta carve out three hours. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm excited. Why don't you just let everybody know how they can get in touch with you? You don't do a podcast, right?
1: I do not I do not do a podcast. I have I've been a guest on many podcasts and I have been a host of many failed podcasts. So that that's a bummer. I do, however, I am the creator of a sports group called Baptist Sports. I don't know. I I really, Christian groups are weird. I guess we're a bunch of Baptists who like sports, but not all of us are Baptists. And judging by some of the hosts in the group, not all of us like sports. But there is a Baptist (laughs) Sports group, so if you like sports, join that. My content on that is geared heavily towards NBA basketball because I love NBA basketball. And if you stumble on this podcast and you don't know anything about either of the two people on the podcast, there's this other Facebook group that you should check out, which is the Reformed SEC Tavern. And I'm i am not Reformed, but I'm the only person that posts about Auburn basketball in there. So you should check out both of those Facebook groups.
0: Yes, sir. I don't have it covered. Yeah. I said I hadn't covered a sports movie. My very first sports, the very first movie I released was Field of Dreams. So I got to crack in more uh, sports movies on this podcast. Absolutely. Because there are a lot of great ones out there. But yeah, man, thanks for coming on. Check out those two groups, uh, the Reformed SEC Tavern. I am the founder of that group, the one that he mentioned. So yeah, there's that one and Baptist Sports. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about basketball or NFL or MLB pro sports Baptist sports is the way to go if you want to talk about college sports the reformed SEC tavern is is it it's, <laughs> so. it's the
1: only Facebook group that matters when it comes to college sports
0: yep because we're the only conference that matters exactly. uh, um, so but yeah thanks for joining and everybody listening thanks for listening and just remember in all situations you've got to man up